you have your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Timothy chapter 2 this evening. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to begin at verse 1. You therefore, my son, being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. I love that. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Onward, Christian soldier. Many have heard that old song. Anybody here tonight? Onward, Christian soldier. Recently, I had a conversation with a pillar individual in the house. I'm so thankful for the pillar people in the house. Those that have been around for decades, decade after decade, holding the place up, bringing strength to the house, committed. No matter the storms that have come, committed to the vision of the Lord. We're having a conversation, and at one point in the conversation, I uttered the phrase, onward, Christian soldier. And he was quick to comment, you know what? That is a forgotten theme nowadays. And he went on to say, people don't know the devil is a liar. People don't know we're in a war. And the conversation continued, and I, I thought about that. And I wonder, I wonder tonight if we know that we are in a war. The Lord knows that we're at war. The devil knows he is at war. I wonder if we know as Christians, if we realize it, if we act like we're in a war, if we conduct ourselves in that way. We have been enlisted and recruited. A soldier should act like a soldier. I think of even our military. We want soldiers protecting our country that are going to act like soldiers. A soldier should act like a soldier. A soldier should think like a soldier. A soldier should move and march like a soldier. A soldier should train like a soldier. A soldier should be dedicated, committed, loyal, faithful, and devoted like a soldier. 
a soldier should do the business of a soldier. And so I thought about this and I wonder if there are any soldiers with an identity complex, any Christians with an identity complex, any believers, disciples, really soldiers enlisted by the Lord, recruited by the Lord. I wonder if there are any with an identity complex, not knowing who they are, not knowing whose they are, not acting and thinking and moving and marching and doing like a soldier should, like the Bible has called us to, the manner the Bible has called us to. We have been enlisted. 2 Timothy 2, 4 in the New King James Version, no one engaged in a warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. How many want to please the Lord? That's our heart. That's our desire, to please the one that recruited us and enlisted us. The living Bible is Christ's soldier. Do not let yourself become tied up in worldly affairs, for then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. The Darby, no one going as a soldier entangles himself with the affairs of life that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. In the King James Version, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Listen, we have been chosen by the Lord. We have been chosen by the great captain, chosen by the almighty commander. And I'd like to say tonight that this is the greatest honor. Recruited by the Lord, enlisted by the Lord, chosen by the Lord. What an honor to be enlisted by the King. What an honor to be recruited by the Lord, to be counted among the many that have fought as good soldiers, to join the ranks. Those that have counted the cost, those that have embraced holy orders, those that have disciplined themselves, those that have trained, marched, and advanced, those that have fought the good fight of faith. I wonder if we know that we are in a war. The enemy has sophisticated his tactics. He has tweaked them to fool the eyes of a new generation. He has reworked them, reworked his strategy, reworked his battle plans to fool the eyes of a new generation. He has come up with new means and new ways and stealthy weapons. He's reworked it. Do we recognize his devious plan? Do we recognize the campaigns for what they truly are? Can I say today that though the enemy has overhauled his warring, the Lord and his soldiers hold to the original battle plan. We serve a king, we serve a Lord that does not change, in whom there is no shadow of turning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not change. The orders that he has given us, they do not change. He's called us to act like soldiers. And he's called us to act a certain way. He's given us the Word of God. He's given us the manual to figure these things out and act like we should. 
He chose us and he enlisted us and recruited us. And that very day he delivered to us the manual. He delivered to us the battle plans. I wonder if we've read the manual. I wonder if we've come to understand the battle plan. I wonder if we're acting like a soldier and moving like a soldier and thinking like a soldier, if we're committed like a soldier. Charles Spurgeon said these words, and I've shared this before, see how certain of our brethren of another denomination feel that if they can but get a golden ladder or the assistance, the royal bounty, in this way, Jericho's walls may be scaled. And there is the temptation to look about us and ask for some assistance over and above the power which lies in the simple gospel. But we must not do it. Away with our methods and state crafts and policies and suggestions of the crafty and cunning and all the wisdom of the worldly. God forbid that we should glory save in the cross of Christ. With the simplicity of children, let us still believe that our Father's means are the best. And though as soldiers we cannot understand it, yet as children let us believe it and keep on compassing the city still, for Jericho's walls must fall as sure as God is in heaven. E.M. Bounds said these words, the church is looking for better methods, God is looking for better men. We must be those that not only believe with our heads that the battle plan of the Lord is unfallible, infallible, but the truth must burn in our hearts and thunder in our lives. How do we fight as soldiers? Well, we know these things. This is just a short list tonight. Worship warfare, holy living, scripture quoting, scripture declaring. We know prayer warfare. Church going, that's how you fight as a good soldier. Having repented, having been water baptized, and having been filled with the Holy Ghost. There are no substitutes for these, and we could add to the list. There are no greater methods. The Lord is asking us to act like soldiers. You know what his soldiers act like? You know what his soldiers do? They go to church. They pray. They read the word. They declare the word. They live holy. They live like their great captain, be holy as I am holy. They govern their lives like a soldier. They realize that they are in a war. They understand that they have been enlisted and recruited. And so they act like it and they think like it. This is who they are. David Wilkerson said these words, in order to be a good soldier in the service of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is not enough to just be saved. There is much more for you. You need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. In Paul's time, some believers didn't even know that there was a Holy Ghost. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much heard as whether there be any Holy Ghost. Acts 19.2 These people were saved, but it is clear that they were not filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe... We are saved through the power and ministry of the Holy Ghost. But Scripture tells us that in addition to this, there is also a baptizing, an infilling that the Holy Ghost does. Jesus did not send his disciples into the world until they had been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that interesting? The disciples had pure hearts and faith to heal the sick, and they were witnesses to his resurrection. 
They were even willing to die for Jesus. So what more could there be? Clearly there was more. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth, Acts 1.8. We think of these methods, these ways that we act, these ways that we move, these ways that we train, these ways that we fight. We could think of prayer tonight, that today, by and large, prayer is neglected. Thank the Lord for the difference of this house, that this house prays. Jesus said, my house shall first be called a house of prayer. Why are we looking for it to be called first something else? We need to be a praying people. This is how real soldiers of the Lamb act. This is how they move. Leonard Ravenhill, you know these words. The Cinderella of the church today is the prayer meeting. This handmaid of the Lord is unloved and unwooed because she is not dripping with pearls of intellectualism, nor is she glamorous with the skills of philosophy, neither is she enchanting with the tiara of psychology. She wears the homespuns of sincerity and humility and so is not afraid to kneel. The Amplified Bible reads, You are called to endure as a good first-class soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier when in service gets entangled with the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. Wow, listen to this. Could this be why the Lord said, be in the world but not of the world? Because he knows that if we get entangled in the enterprises of civilian life, and so tied up in worldly affairs that it will mess with the soldier. Distanced from the fight, too busy for quick response, too preoccupied, too occupied, too distracted, unprepared, unready, out of shape, out of training, Others can handle it, attitude and demeanor. Their weapons, out of sight, out of action, unreadied. We are not simply civilians with a Christian badge. We are to act different and carry ourselves different. We are to govern our lives differently, the Word says. Even if others don't hold to the standard, we must. And I ask, will you? Even if others don't train, we will. Will you? Even if others don't obey, yet we will. Is that your heart's cry? Even if others retreat, and if others retreat, we will not. There's an old quote, if I retreat, shoot me. We're all in, aren't we? Soldiers of the Lamb. I want to ask tonight, do you have the soldier spirit in you? The message reads, a soldier on duty doesn't get caught up in making deals in the marketplace. He concentrates on carrying out orders. So I ask tonight, where's our concentration? Is it worldly affairs? 
Please understand that this does not mean that we do not work. This doesn't mean that we have no jobs and take on no education or ever start a business. This is speaking on another level and we know it. There are different duties in the kingdom. There are different roles. There are different callings. There are different areas of service in different locations, just like in armed forces. For this war is worldwide and it is not restricted to one field. We understand that. But the question is, do we know what we have been chosen for? Do we know that we have been chosen and enlisted? Do we know who we are and what we are and whose we are? And where on earth is our concentration? Imagine a soldier that's headed out to the fight, concentrating on something else. What good would that soldier be? What trouble might that soldier stumble into? Unprepared, unreadied, without his head about him. The New King James Version, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. The truth is, it's not easy to untangle yourself once you've been entangled. It's not easy. If we become entangled, the Lord will help us. The King James Version, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So these words, with the affairs, it actually means this, pursuits pertaining to civil life opposed to warfare. Pursuits opposed to warfare. And so again, we read the text, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him, that would be the Lord who has chosen him, to be a soldier. Pursuits pertaining to civil life opposed to warfare. And right here, this can get real practical. Are there any pursuits opposed to going to church? This is how practical it becomes right here. Are there any pursuits that are opposed to going to church? Relationships opposed to going to church. Associations opposed to going to church. Doings and happenings and meetings and on and on opposed to go to church. The Lord said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is a manner of some, but gather more and more as the day approaches. Are there pursuits opposed to worship warfare and prayer warfare and the attendance at these? Are there pursuits opposed to holy living? It could be the pursuit of a relationship. Are there pursuits opposed to our further development and training as a soldier? Just too busy to train. Just too busy to read the Word. Just too busy to go to church. Just too busy. Just too busy. Caught up. The affairs of life. If we are going to be good soldiers, we are going to have to know how to endure. We are going to have to know how to endure pressure. The pressure of this world. 
We are going to have to know how to endure trial, endure hardship, endure persecution, endure ridicule, endure rejection, endure pain perhaps, endure the heat of the battle, endure against rogue pursuits and rogue affairs, doors that we might think are the door of the Lord, but it's really not. Relationships, so many things. We have to be wise. We have to think as a soldier. Keep our head and keep our heart. Endure the rigors of the gospel. Endure, 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 endure. Because the enemy is constantly reworking his battle plan. You think, well, hey, when I was a youth, this is what I fought. Listen, he knows you're going to become a young adult. You're not going to deal with some of those same things, so he changes the plan. He works on a new strategy, and all of a sudden he's coming at you in a new way, a different way, just trying to get to you, just trying to work on you, trying to cripple the church. You think of what he's trying to do to the church nowadays. In some cases, how far the church has fallen. In other cases, the church is glorious and beautiful. But you look at what he's done. We mentioned one thing tonight, prayer. Listen, when I was in Bible college, we traveled around in a choir. There was hardly a prayer service then. That's some time ago now. I remember going into this church, and we headed in. We're trying to pray before the service. And they take us into this little tiny room, and I'm not kidding you, this room was like maybe 10 by 10. Now, coming from Bethesda back then, we had, you know, the basement there, if anyone's familiar with that. Almost the size or perhaps the size of our prayer room now, everybody walking, praying. You walk in, it's dead silent. There are a couple little old ladies, and I thought, you're probably the only reason this place still has any Holy Ghost left. Any power left, any stability left, any drawing power left because of your prayers. And maybe you're carrying it on your shoulders right now for a generation to come that will actually get with it. But we'd go in and then we'd expect the service to be great and there was, there was just dead air. <laughs> there was nothing there. The Lord couldn't work and the Lord couldn't move. And we know that he can work and move despite our shortcomings. For he is so graceful and he is so merciful. But we look at what the enemy has done with prayer. People just today say, well, I don't have time. Prayer's not that important. I can pray in my car. The corporate prayer thing, really? Can I just remind us that Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So obviously the enemy's doing something. How can we be that foolish to think that this is a new wave of Christianity that God is blessing? and has a stamp of approval on. We need to get back to the basics in many cases. 2 Timothy 2, verses 10 to 13, Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that is, the chosen ones, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. Listen to these words. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. I want to share the words from that old song. 
onward, Christian soldiers marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banner go. Onward, Christian soldiers marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. At the sign of triumph, Satan's host doth flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we. One in hope and doctrine, one in charity. Onward then, ye people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory, Lord, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages, men and angels sing. Let's have the worship team return tonight. We desire to please the one who has chosen us to be soldiers. We desire to please the one that has recruited us, that has enlisted us. We are in a war. We are soldiers of the Lord. We must endure. King and kingdom is counting on us. You know that the Lord is counting on this generation? The Lord is counting on you, and I, I don't want to make this light. I want you to feel the weight, <laughs> the weight of that. The Lord is counting on you. The Lord has called you as a soldier. He's sending you into areas, areas that perhaps only you will go. We come and we train. We rise and we train. We act like a soldier. We think like a soldier. Not a day goes by where we don't know and live with the reality that we are in a war. I just want to tell you tonight, if you don't think you're in a war, you are in a war. And if you're not fighting, you're losing. The devil is sneaky. He tweaks his plan constantly. You know that the great cloud of witnesses is cheering us on, as the Word says. Man, I just think of all those that have gone before us, that fought the good fight of faith. So, so blessed, so thankful for those that held to the standard all those many years, all those in the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. I read this quote recently, John Adams. You will never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you will make a good use of it. I think of those that have gone before us, mothers and fathers, grandparents, the fathers of the faith, those in the Word, what they went through to preserve our freedom, to ensure our freedom. 
the truths of the gospel, all things, I, I pray that we make good use of it. Lord, help us all. A few things tonight. And just let the Spirit speak to your heart. Do we need to untangle our world that we might place concentration where it need be and should be? Are there any pursuits pertaining to civil life that are opposed to warfare, making us less than we once were? Soldier practices slipping away, the stealthy plan of the enemy. Lord, try our hearts. Just close yourself in at the Lord just for a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Holy Spirit, come and try our hearts and speak to our hearts now. We need your guidance, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. Come and show us the things that need changing. Come and lead us onward as soldiers of the Lord. Make us wise to the tactics of the enemy. Lord, I pray for those here tonight that feel like there's no fight left in them for whatever reason. Lord, there is fight left in them. Would you speak to them? Would you revive them even tonight? Your holy presence and your holy power. Lord, I pray for this generation for this group here tonight, Lord, that we would be a generation of soldiers that fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal purposes. Lord, that we wouldn't shrink back, though others may. We wouldn't turn from training, though others may. We wouldn't retreat, though others may. But Lord, we will be those who will continue to advance for the glory of King and Kingdom until the coming of our Lord, until we meet you on that glorious day when you call us home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.